are back. Hi, we're Brandon. Back. Hi, Whitney. Yes, we're back for another episode of Look at Us, a Black Look Entertainment podcast. Uh, it feels so good that this is episode two. Just again, it's in the name. Look at us. We're doing it. You know, we had yes. this idea. And we're back for more. Um, and thank you guys for coming back for more. Yes. What if it, it's like it's like we're listening to it, and it's like our parents are listening to it, and that's it. So it's like they- that's fine because somebody's <laughs> listening. Okay. So okay. Funny. Okay, we Brandon. Have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. <laughs> um, okay, Brandon. So our first segment of the week. Let's get into it. What are you watching? Let okay. me know. So I have to tell you, uh, I still was on my little Oscars kick. And I don't purposely try to watch all of the movies, but I also try to watch things, uh, the like performances, and make sure, okay, did Will Smith deserve that? Because look at everybody else. And on the... Actress category, I watched The Lost Daughter because Olivia Coleman was nominated for an Oscar for that movie. And I have to say, I actually really enjoyed that. Um, it was a nice glimpse of what young adulthood could really feel like. Um, if you don't know anything about the movie, she is like is this older woman that kind of literally abandons her children as a young mother for her career and like for another man and you're like I just feel like you don't really hear that story um because I know that my mom had us at a relatively younger age and those kids were crazy in the movie and I know that we were as children and I I don't know after I finished watching it I called my mom and I had to say I'm sorry I know I was a little crazy younger but look at me now mama Look at me now. But yes, it was a great movie. Great performance. I do love Olivia Coleman, And yeah, that's what I'm watching. What about you? Uh, can I just say, I too watched The Lost Daughter. And why wouldn't she just give back the damn doll? <laughs> I don't know. She dug herself in such a deep hole. But I also love that suspense. I loved it so much. Brandon, I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't get past it. Uh, I couldn't get past it. I loved when she had that man over and he saw it. And the whole time I felt tense because I for thought no that he was going on her. I, for a doll. Brandon. For a doll. And it then, was, it and was then a in the movie. end, it was a she gets watch. stabbed by a hat pin. I'm sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oops. But like, come on! Alert, alert. Come I don't on! Know, I just thought it was so good. I thought it was ter- <laughs> it was terrible. She stole a doll, and then she, she just had like trauma. And then she just it's like trauma. she had trauma from her own actions. I know she wasn't. She a terrible mom. She was a terrible she person. Was a terrible mom. in general. She was a terrible mom. And then they want me to. She's they want me to care about her. She stole the little girl's doll, and they got stabbed by a hat pin. And like that, honestly, that, is, that just uh, that just made me realize that I that's why I love Olivia Coleman. She transformed into a person that like you really dislike, and girl. she she's a that's a great actor. 
Yeah, so yes, she should have been nominated for her Oscar. Go ahead, girl. But okay, I'm gonna let Olivia Coleman have her things. But I, I just <laughs> that movie. I no. ugh, just give the doll back, bitch. Like I she just. Anyway, okay, so I too am watching something this week. I actually finished it in just a few days, the full season. Uh, Severance on Apple TV. Um, Adam Scott is a gift. He has range. I I just I think he's such a beautiful person. But honestly, the whole series is just like a meditation on work life balance, um, which mm-hmm. I find to be really timely and interesting after working from home for so long, and like the two different lives that can exist when you are at work and not at work. And it's just like, it makes you think a lot, but it's also like very demented and like surreal. And I also just think like the design of it is so weird. It's like set in 2020 or no, it's set in the future, but it's like very seventies design inspired. And also it's directed by Ben Stiller. I mean, I just, Apple TV is really like raising the stakes and, uh, they are. Yeah, and I really enjoyed yeah, this series. I remember hearing conversations about Apple TV maybe not trying to win these streaming wars, but they are cranking them out. Um, I did watch the first episode to your suggestion. It was good. I need to continue um, and maybe not have so many distractions on at the same time, but I I did enjoy it, and it did make me want to watch another episode, so good. Severance. Yes. Okay. We're going to talk about The Master today. Um, This movie's starring Regina Hall. Um, I'll give a little synopsis of what it is. Um, This movie takes place in um, some New England town. Um, Three women striving to find their place in this prestigious university that has a lot of history. Um... And a lot of the history is um, centered around ghosts and uh, some kind of like sinister energy energy that took place years ago. And they're all being traumatized by said spirits or ghosts or whatever is happening in this movie that I'm just going to right off the top say I hated it. <laughs> um, I also think that I, I also it. think that I inside of your description, uh, it's very important to uh, underscore that they are three black women. Um, okay, yes, starring three strong black women um, at a predominantly well, white school. At, it has like the stage to be a a really good like racial thriller um but my god did it not do that and like i just want to start this conversation by saying everyone wants to be jordan peele Mm. but everyone cannot be jordan peele okay and like honestly we need to like find our own new lanes where we can like also do 
dope things and horror and and action and all the things. This <laughs> was not it. First oh. of all, can I just tell you, Brandon, I saw the artwork. I pulled up to my TV. I had my popcorn. I had my dog. I had my, my seltzer. I was ready, ready to go. And I literally, that, that artwork came up. And I said, that's not for me. And I kept, and I kept going because I was like, this is not for me. And I know it. And like, can I just tell you, I am a Regina Hall fan. Uh, Stan. I love that woman. Uh, I, I, I truly think the only reason you watched it is because I got tricked into watching it because I saw the artwork and said, Ooh, I could use a good thriller for this evening. It was a dark, rainy night, setting the stage up, you know, and I'm on the couch with my cat and my snacks. And I said, oh, yes, here we go. So I apologize for, you know, making you You watch this. (laughs) You should. I was sitting, I was like, what is happening? What's going on? (laughs) There is no structure in this movie. It felt completely lazy in the writing, and and that goes down to development of character. Some of the acting was really, really bad, and there was no streamline of a plot. There, in, in the words of that, what you what you like to say, you say uh, plot hole. I was just the street was full of plot holes. What was going on? Yeah. There were several plot holes. What was going on? Why were why is there a ghost that only kills black w- girls? And we know that because what they say that girl's name was. They said Sapphire Precious. <laughs> they were like <laughs> last year she killed Sapphire or uh, like whatever. She her name. Girl, but you were in the same room, so I guess you you and, and literally she came up there. They were like black girl, put her there, uh, girl. But, and they laughed. How did she not turn? I would have said. Also, uh, I would have turned around and said, "Excuse me, excuse me, move me, get me out of here." Yeah. Why are you laughing at that room? Oh, yeah, it's haunted. That was another plot okay, so hole. I'm just gonna go chill. Yeah. yeah. And where were her? Where was her family? Another plot hole. I, that's what I was gonna say. It did not make sense that she's at this school, and I get that you know, like you navigate school, you're essentially an adult, and maybe her family did say. You're on your own now. But there was no... She never talked about that. Ever. There was not a point where she was but like, there was oh, a I scene. can't go home. There was a scene. There was a scene Refresh when... my drink. I don't remember. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> there was a scene where she, like, called her mom or something. Anyway, all... Let me just say, I just... I'm, I can't. It was... Yeah. It was just really I bad. I can't either. There's one scene in particular that I know this is a horror film, so it terrified the living hell out of me. I think about it all the time. Okay? This was the scene when this girl, it was early in the movie, and this girl walked into her dorm room, and her white roommate <laughs> had all her friends in there, and they were sitting on her bed with their shoes 
and outside clothes on. <laughs> and this girl, and no, no. Oh. And this girl walked into the room and went and leaned against the window to get into the conversation. <laughs> girl, I would have lit that room up. I would have lit that room up. There is no way in hell, there is not a, no. no way in hell that this room would have been as calm and collected if anybody walked in and you're sitting on my bed with your outside clothes and your shoes. I'm hot. On my I'm hot. sheets. I'm hot. It, <laughs> but it's I, I still, mean, come on. This is, this, that. Her, her. I was terrified. Her roommate said, if you froggy, leap. Because she said, oh, she's not going to do nothing about Oh, shit. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh. That was the most terrifying part of the movie. Because I wasn't terrified of the scene. I was terrified about how I would have reacted in that moment. Now, And let's be real. I would have turned to... that place out. Now, I can see this. Jordan Peele had that scene. But it didn't end the way that whoever directed this let this in when because if Jordan Peele, I know I'm saying if this was a Jordan Peele movie and that scene was in one of his movies, it wouldn't have gone like that. Oh, there would have been some there would have been some conversation mm. and maybe somebody getting snatched up off my bed. Yes, like be realistic. Like first of all, I don't think that just for your example, but I don't think that a lot of people would allow the, a, that treatment by anybody. Like, what was going... They they just, just threw these people in the in the wind. Um, I, yeah, there's so many things I disliked about the movie. Wasn't there a whole weird interjection of, like, Amish-type people that they brought into it? Plot hole. It didn't make any sense. They didn't explain why those people were there or who they were and Regina King's being haunted by a different type of ghost. We should pause here campus. and say there are a lot of spoilers in this. If you would like to oh, watch oh, yeah. The Master, stop this episode now. <laughs> Go ruin your day for two hours or so. <laughs> Come back and start here because I'm a, we're about to get into some serious spoilers about oh. this movie. There is a twist that happens and oh. we want to talk about it, but I want to talk about that Amish thing really quick. I think that what they were trying to do was set the stage for the people who, who the needed, who needed, yes, uh, the people who have not seen it and do want to watch it, leave now. We'll leave one, two, leave three, now. four, five. You're gone. Okay. <laughs> the Amish scene, I under, I think she was trying to set the stage for that character, which I know you're going to talk about. That character, um, the, the teacher that is kind of a strange presence throughout the entire movie who is another black woman. So there are only three black women in this. There's the student, Regina Hall, who's the master, which is like a, a almost like a superintendent type of role at this university. And then there's a teacher who's black, right? So they have these three characters. Yes. She is the strangest 
presence. She has very awkward exchanges with everyone. It's bizarre and uh, but not as bizarre as the whole movie. So you're just like, oh, okay, we're just all being bizarre. Yeah. But like, uh (laughs) and then when we have this Amish scene, I think it was supposed to set the stage that this woman, this character came from this Amish community. I think that's what she was trying to do. But because there was no like through line, we never really understood the reason for that scene. Like there was no, yeah. The camera got stuck in transit because of all the plot holes. (laughs) It it, it could get get all the way to the set. That's why. Look. That's what happened. Look. Okay, so do we okay. do we want to talk about do we want to talk about her, Brandon? Are we ready? We, we um, uh, I think so, but uh, let's just get into it because I want to get, also get it over with because it was infuriating. Yes, it was infuriating. Truly. Um. So, as we sort of learn about these Amish people, you, you're you digging deeper into problems that uh, the character, um, her name is, the actress's name is Amber Gray, and she plays a character, Liv, who is the teacher, mm-hmm. who is the strangest person, honestly, in the film. Um, she has weird dialogue and uh, a relationship with the student, who uh, basically she like is failing the student what's in there something like that mm-hmm. that she is like it felt it truly did feel purposeful and I but I get it like you might have been a shining star in high school but when you get to college it's a different world but she felt like she was targeting the one black student that she had and that was also the main character but as you um learn you're learning about her she's going through her tenure process and it's a sort of a um a tit for tat with the people who have um who are on the board and then there's also regina's hall characters Mm -hmm. who is the head mistress of this school and they're doing this affirmative action thing but trying to really vet her out and they're like, well, she's a black woman and, you know, we got to get another black woman on here. But hold up now. Like, is she smart enough to be tenure? Where is all of her, like, publications and stuff like that that they go through? But at the end of it all, it turns out that she's not actually black. She's an escaped convict from the <laughs> From, from the from Amish, Amish community. <laughs> and like, but she's not, to be clear, she's not Why? a convict. She just... I know. <laughs> <laughs> but after you learn about that, she is, and she needs to be locked up. Akon said, don't let me out. Don't let her out. The Rachel Dolezal of it all killed me. Wait, but Bridget, there was one prime thing about that that was missing. The reason, the way that that we as viewers find out about this is because Regina Hall is getting all these strange phone calls from this woman. And like, first of all, why would this woman call Regina Hall? One. 
Two, like, just because she's the master, you know, i.e. this, like, superintendent person, what would be the motivation for doing that? And, like, consistently is calling her. Regina Hall is also having her whole separate storyline. All storylines were completely divorced from each other. It was ridiculous. But she just gets this random call, decides to answer it, and then go meet this random woman who's white and says that she's this girl's woman, Liv's mom. And it's just like... Liv's mom, and she and she's in the Amish community, and they wear these, like, cloaks that they look like Dementors from Harry Potter just roaming around this city, and... Not that's dragging also, Amish they, people. <laughs> no, but I don't... I've actually, like, I went to college and... Uh, very close to an Amish community and I've actually never seen their like weird cloaks that they were wearing in this movie so I'm not sure if that was accurate however they were giving Handmaid's Tale they were giving very Handmaid's Tale and what was weird about it is that they kept showing these people ghosting around in these looking like Dementor these black cloaks and you're like okay um, are they the ghost but they're really the Amish community or quaker we weren't really sure quaker something yeah, yeah. they don't ex- i mean they don't explain the car they don't, they don't explain yeah. i think this is like a manhole <laughs> like the car just fell right down in there like what are we even doing yeah but yes they don't explain it and then at the very end once she's sort of out it virginia hall kind of calls her out and it's like you're a white woman the black lady the live the other who actually is a white woman literally says, no, I'm not. And runs out of this entire gathering with a black cloak on and like, what, what? So she was a part of it this whole time or it didn't make any sense. Or maybe she was the actual killer, which we haven't even discussed the whole witch (sighs) element of this. So apparently this school has like, this is haunted by this witch. Was she a witch? I don't, I I don't, I I don't know. Or was she like an old maid? No, 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 no. She wasn't old because she was young. But anyway, she was, she was, the school is haunted by a lady. (laughs) Okay. And (laughs) she is out here killing these people at this very specific time, like very late at night. And the, the college student is being hunted by this. And then all of her classmates tell her that she was, uh, that she basically is living in the room where the girl killed herself uh, or was murdered mm-hmm. by this person. And then she's also going through all this melodrama with her roommate because her roommate's... That was insane. It's like, also, why are we... What is happening? Like... What is happening? It was just... To go back to your point earlier, sorry, rewind, the people that were sitting on her bed, she ends up making out with one of the boys who played her with his shoes on her bed and who turned out to be her roommate's boyfriend. Why did... We didn't need that. Okay, to be clear, he was sitting on her roommate's bed and... He whatever was not her boyfriend. 
Like in in defense of this he, black yeah, girl, he, he he okay, but in defense, but we didn't need that. She she should have liked known him. Boundary. Ugh. I'm mad. Also, that splitting scene. I just when the girl goes out and gets pizza, and then puts it down oh. for everyone. Another haunting scene goes down that was and says, so... "This is such a weird movie." And then goes down and says. Ugh. She, they, they're all. She's meeting with her roommate and like all the some other girls from the dorm, and she brings in a pizza and she goes, "Hey guys, um, can everyone pay me like seven dollars, whatever?" And this one girl said, "Okay, I guess if we're splitting, then you owe me for the wine." What is happening? Like, is the villain of this movie institutional racism? Is the villain of this movie implicit bias? Is the villain of this movie the actual villain? Like, meaning. The, the woman who's killing people, so to speak, who's like, has long nails and comes in every other scene. Or is it the Quaker slash Amish question mark? I, I'm shook. Like, I've never seen so it's many questions come out of a movie. Core. Yeah. No. I mean, uh, I, yeah. And I, then, I, Brandon. I'm thoroughly disappointed. Brandon, have we <laughs> even discussed the fact that Regina Hall is all, is also having this whole situation where she's hearing bells in her master house because she's because her place is haunted by slaves. Yeah, she's that's what I was saying. Like, why she three different hauntings. And I guess if you think about it, the other woman who's outed as a white woman, she's haunted by her true self. You know, like there's three real hauntings Four. Because the racism is is a big fucking issue in the movie. Yes. And then you, Regina Regina Hall is just like in her house, being tormented by these terrifying dreams that she's waking up from, and walking in her attic, and like all of this weird paranormal stuff is happening. It doesn't make any sense. It truly. There was no through line. Was this a book before? Like, I want to like understand. Who who wrote the screenplay and why? I believe this was an original why? screenplay, um, and it actually I believe was a festival film. Um, but we will put all really? of this great information in the show notes. Um, but overall, I just I think that this like the black experience of being uh, black at a PW. I is terrifying and I think that this had the the ability to be a very relatable amazing experience um slash movie slash story slash all the things um I just think that it did it took too many directions it went too many it tried to do too many things um and it just it just frustrated the shit out of me yeah. And like I, I really want it to root for this. To sit through, I but... really want it to root for this. Truly. Um, I mean, I had no inklings in my bones that I wanted to root for it. I just thought it was gonna be a nice horror thriller that I was gonna get into one night and maybe get to tell you, oh, you should watch this. But I had to tell you to watch it for a completely different reason. Yeah. And it was because I had never actually seen something so poorly, poorly written and directed in my life. Yeah. And 
Yeah. I'm sorry to everybody, all the people that worked on this, but it was a really bad movie. And uh, bad movies happen. Watch it. Bad movies they happen. Do. You know, we we don't win every day. This is just happens to be one of those days. Um, and I think, are we ready? Are we ready to rate this baby? I'm ready. Are you ready? All right, Brandon. How many fist bumps are you giving the or master? Just master. Okay, it's just the master, and I'm gonna give it one. Why? I don't ever want to. Uh, I, I I don't ever want to watch this again. <laughs> I am traumatized by this movie for multiple reasons. Um, and I just think it was sloppy. Yeah. Truly, I enjoy something that is well-crafted. You know, I am an artist. So I like, I see potential in a lot of that stuff. And this was, it doesn't deliver. It doesn't deliver in some of the performances. It doesn't deliver in... The storyline, the plot holes are just ridiculous. Um, I, yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. What about you? So I didn't even realize one is the lowest that we have. I was going to say, do we have zero? Um, But (laughs) I was like, why? I tried to, yeah, I mean. (laughs) Look, um, anyway, I. Deserves a zero, but. Okay, but I I too give it a one. And um, I only give it one instead of zero. Uh because I love Regina so much, Regina Hall. And mm. I do yeah. think that the elements of the movie that I was able to tolerate um, were elements where she was carrying scenes, even though her character was dreadfully annoying. Um, she carried, she was believable and she was able to be annoying. And she did, uh, yeah. I believed that she was embodying this character. And so I am going to give it a one for Regina Hall and Regina Hall only. I think that's fair. And she, it it did seem like Regina came in, did her work and said, I got to go. So whatever y'all doing on the back end, like, uh, that's like, that's on y'all. Oh my God. That's like Taraji on um, Acrimony. She said, look, I showed up for three days of shooting. I left. I don't know what happened after energy this movie is giving me that's the energy so that's that on that let's get into some black trivia it's a black entertainment history lesson yay okay well let's see if you can answer this trivia question and we'll see if it is your favorite part uh well just because if i get it wrong does it mean that i'm gonna hate this part but yeah no let's go i'm ready guns are fired okay so who was the first african-american film director african-american film director extra points if you can tell me the first feature-length film that he clue directed although okay thank you for the clue but but you know i know right i know you think they were let black women do that like black women just got into the door please but yes oh okay can you can i get some more hints can i get a decade i mean he's considered the godfather of 
filmmaker of black filmmaking. He's definitely considered one of the. There's a really great uh, documentary about him. Um, he started off as an author. Um, okay, oh, I'm he's, embarrassing myself. He's I, done more sorry, than 44 films. Oh, what? Yeah, I mean, but they're old, old, old films. I mean, yeah. I'll just tell you right now. He was born in 1884, and he died in 1950. Okay, one. Oh Lord Jesus, tell me who. But you should check him out when you get a chance. Um, Oscar Michaud. I, I wouldn't have guessed that. Um, you definitely, yes, you actually should really check him out. There's a really great documentary about his life, his legacy, the work that he's done on HBO Max. Um, he definitely set the tone for a lot of really incredible, <laughs> incredible uh, uh, techniques in the industry, and yeah. So you definitely need to check it out when you get a chance. Okay. Yes. Okay. I will check it out. You know, it's okay to not know some of these answers, but it is great to learn. Uh So amazing. Yeah. Thank you for that. I love how you like just like comforted yourself. Probably like, probably like, (laughs) uh, like we were trying to comfort the filmmaker of this, of master, but okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about that, one, but I I did try to comfort myself because you know sometimes you just don't get it all right, you know. Um, but are you ready for my trivia question? Yes, I'm Ms. ready. Whitney, I'm ready. Okay, which black actor producer media mogul has won the most Emmys? Ooh, I'll give you three choices. Yay! Yeah. Three choices because you know you did guess the last one in the last episode pretty good. So I'll give you this: Is it A. P. Diddy? Is it B. RuPaul? Or is it C. Regina King? RuPaul. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Did you know that, or did you? Just I knew guess? that, but I. <laughs> uh, I knew that. But, like, from those three, it's so easy. It's, yes. Because um, so Regina King you... has not actually, like, like criminally has not received a vast amount of, of Emmys. So, it's, it, uh, uh, let me, let me tell you. Across the board, a lot of Black people have not won a lot of Emmys. Like, that's just that. And uh, RuPaul sweeping... The wins with 11 wins and 16 nominations. That's incredible. Yeah. Regina King actually won four of the five that she's ever been nominated. Yeah. So odds are in her favor. But yes, there's a lot of her brilliant work that she could have been nominated and won more for. But yeah. um, I'm that that's a very great achievement. Yeah. P. Diddy has not even been nominated for an Emmy, but you know. Ooh, Brandon, one day we have to talk about making the band. Oh, yeah, because those should have been Emmy nominated. Honestly, truly. Oh, Oh, my God. (sighs) Yes. Okay. That was fun. That was fun. Yes. All right. Well, shall we? Shall we we, we Mm -hmm. take this baby home? Yes. So let's close by having a great convo 
about, I think, a, a, it's not so lost, but it needs its roses, a proper rose for Black cinema and Senegalese films. And uh, two examples that we want to talk about are Tuki Puki and Black Girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, this genre of film is honestly some of the most beautiful films that have ever been created. And speaking from a personal favorite, Tuki Buki is quite possibly like one of the most beautiful movies in terms of the cinematic quality, the colors that come out of this film are so rich and vibrant. Um, it feels like you're honestly watching a moving painting this entire, like the entire time you're watching it. Doesn't overstay as welcome. It's a really short film, um, and it's a beautiful love story, mm-hmm. and it's incredible. And when you look at a lot of these movies, they had very, very impressive techniques of making films. And I know that you wanted to talk about Black Girl. Mm-hmm. A very a huge favorite of mine. Um, I also just want to just overarching. I don't think that like from the late 1960s to the early 70s, uh, so much, um, like so many incredible films were coming out of Senegal. Um, and I just don't like, that's not in the conversation. Um, and it should be because there's just to all the points that you said about Tuki Buki, um, and then just black girl, um, and what it represents is something that is so relevant today, which is so crazy. It was made in 1966. Um, and it's just a beautiful, it's, it is a French film. Um, and I should say, I should pull over and say that it is a French film and most of the films that we are giving the moniker of like Senegalese are coming from France because there was just a big, uh, a large community of black filmmakers that did live in France at that time. Um, and, or I should say Senegalese filmmakers that did live in France at that time. Um, but black girl is just like this very heartbreaking and just beautiful, slow and quiet and warm film about what it means to be separated from your community, um, what it means to like work in service uh, to others um, and like just how alienating it can be to be a black person in white spaces sometimes. Um, And it's incredibly beautiful. It's, there's like maybe like one sheet of diet, like I'm, I'm not even kidding, like one page of dialogue. Like they do most of it. Most of the movie is in complete silence of her, of the main character just moving through scenes or, and most of it's just like this, like very beautiful music. Um, Yeah, but it's just, it's really incredible. And I would suggest it to anyone to go watch. I do believe it belongs in the canon and I do believe it deserves all the roses um, because it's just incredible. And with that being said, I think that's a good way to wrap up 
today's episode. All right. And then we'll see you next week. Bye.